pardon me, Revelation chapter 22, beginning with verses 1, with verse 1, and we'll also read verse 2. This is what the word of the Lord says. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And I want to speak to you today about healing the nations. Healing the nations. Could we lift up our voice unto God and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word and the time we have here in his presence. Lord, I thank you for the gathering of your people. I thank you for bringing us through a year, Lord, a year that was filled with so many blessings, blessings that we cannot begin to calculate. And I thank you, God, that through every mountain, peak, and valley low, you were with us and stood with us and brought us through. And you have been good, unto, good to us and gracious unto us. And Lord, we lift up our hands today in thanksgiving for the precious blessings of God in our life. We ask that you'll bless the preaching of the word tonight, that you will get us ready for a wonderful year in your presence, whatever it may hold. God, we step into it in faith believing, knowing that your will is the perfect will, and we are surrendered to it in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. In May of 2014, we stepped onto this property for the first time as owners of this uh, property. At that time, it was <clears throat> six acres, and it, it had belonged to the uh, Gospel Baptist Church. We approached them in June of 2013. They were not for sale, and they were not interested in selling. Uh, and we prayed about it, looked into some other uh, possibilities. We were in need of, of uh, relocating as we were landlocked in the Kenwood area, but the Lord drew us back to this property. We re-approached uh, them, and by December of 2013, they were, they were ready to, to sell. They had reconsidered, and, and it had been enough time that they considered this was a good idea, so they did. They sold to us in 2013. We were able to take ownership and have our first service in uh, May, the first Sunday in May of 2014, and we didn't own what at that time was the Sycamore Christian Church, and now we call it our annex. Um, we had certainly not built this building. This is our first New Year's Eve service in this building. Praise God for his many blessings. Amen. And thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity and your support of the work of the Lord. But in May of 2014, we were just arriving into this property, and so it was probably April uh, that we began having a conversation. I was asked the question by a minister friend of mine if I had ever considered changing the name of our church. And the truth was I had considered it, but I was not really motivated to do it because I didn't really have a direction to do it. We had several members of our church that asked that same question, but we just never really felt the impetus to do so. And I didn't want to change a name just to change a name. And 
I thought, you know, if the Lord gives us direction, then, then yeah, we will, you know, we'll do what the Lord wants us to do, but, but uh, not until then. And so, uh, but, but the question was asked, and I said, we have considered it, but, but we haven't really uh, received any real direction from the Lord as to what to do in that regard. So we, we're not really pursuing that. And he said, well, what passage or verse of Scripture would you say most defines or explains your congregation, the first apostolic church of Cincinnati. And, uh, and there was no hesitation. I knew immediately the verse of scripture that defined us, that identified us. And it is the passage that I just read to you moments ago as a text for this message tonight. He showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielding her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. What I had witnessed in the people of God that call this great church their home was a gathering of people from all parts of the world, from all backgrounds. And the thing that we all had in common was Jesus. And he was the great, he was the great magnetism that brought us together. Truly, he said, if, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And that's what we had experienced. We had lifted up Jesus. We had preached Jesus and praised Jesus and, and taught Jesus. And by the grace of God, did our best to live Jesus. And, and it had a pull upon people from so many different backgrounds. And, and so many nations of the earth had gathered together to worship God in our congregation, and so I answered the question without hesitation. Oh, I know the answer to that question. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. And my friend looked back at me and said, well, there's your name right there. And I'm gonna tell you when he said it, it was like, it was like a light bulb just illuminated in my spirit. That's exactly right. We, we are the tree of life. And my mind immediately began to explore the scriptural background of that great, that great truth about the tree of life. That that was the thing that, that Adam and Eve had access to and never did partake of. But only had participated in eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and God, to prevent them from making an eternal mistake of eating the tree of life in a fallen state... He removed them from the Garden of Eden and put at the entrance an angel, the angel of the Lord, with a flaming sword that turned every which direction. And it is an impossible, it's an impossible entry for the flesh of man or woman to navigate. No human being can navigate the complexities of getting past that flaming sword. It is the sword on fire. Not only does it have the sharp edge, but it is the sharp edge that turns every which direction, and it is on fire. 
and it is impossible for you and I to move beyond it. We are stuck on the outskirts of the mistake that, that was made by mankind, and we make that same mistake over and over again and every day, it seems. But that sin and that disobedience brought death into the world, the tree of life being the elusive truth that Adam and Eve and all mankind could never have access to. But here we read in Revelation 22 that the tree of life is available unto the people of this earth and that the leaves of that tree were designed and designated for the healing of the nations. And we are called tonight to heal the nations. Hallelujah. And I, I, want to, I want to try, by the grace of God, to articulate what that means because I don't want it just to become a catchphrase that we become comfortable with saying but not really knowing what it means or knowing how to live it out in an everyday application. Uh, but it is something that is more than a catchphrase. Catchphrase simply being a catchy phrase, a phrase that catches on. Uh, we want phrases to catch on, but we don't want them only to catch on. We want them to become who we are, and we want them to become what we do. And so when we talk about healing the nations, I want to, I want to share that with you. I'm not saying that we need to put on hazmat suits and go into, uh, into a, a viral-ridden part of the world and begin to operate in the expertise of medicine. Uh, and try to try to capture whatever uh, virus is let loose of whatever area of the world. That's it's not what I'm talking about. We have people who are skilled at doing that. There are moments when this healing of the nations will be very tangible, but it is always spiritual. And I want to I want to talk to you about that. Uh, we have a map of the world here on this screen and. If I were to ask you, what does the map, what is this? What is this that's on the screen? You may tell me that this is a, that this is a world map or a map of the world. If I ask for more specificity, you might say that it's a map of the nations of the world, or the continents of the world. And, uh, and yet, the reality is, being the map of nations, the reality is that it is a, it is a, map of nations that, that really refer to and represent people. There are lines all through these various continents, these land masses. There are lines. Some are jagged, some are straight. And these lines were drawn by people. And these lines represent what we call nations. And inside of those nations, if you were to uh, visit any of them, ours included, you would step off the plane or you would step off the boat or maybe if it's connected by land, you might go through one in car or foot. But you will have to arrive at a, a border of that land and, uh, and you will go through a particular area called customs. Customs. Now this seems like a, an official word, but, but it's really the basic practices of human life. That nation is telling you that we are a collection of people and we have established certain customs. 
And in order for you to enter this nation, you have to pass the inspection of what we have deemed as proper customs. And every gathering of people that represent a country or a nation have their own set of customs. And we all have our own set of customs. You are a gathering of people. And you each represent a gathering of people. Just this past week, you had dinner with a gathering of people. And your little microcosm of a nation was gathered together and you were, you were participating in certain customs. Maybe you have a, a particular eating custom that you have. Maybe you go to a particular house and that has become the custom. Maybe it is a way that you exchange gifts that is unique to other families and that became your custom. Custom just simply means what we do continually and over and over and over again. In fact, the term regular customer is redundant. The term customer means that they are regular. It means that they have, they have participated in a habit. And if they walk into a place of business more than one time, they are a customer. And they have, they have made it their practice, their custom, to enter into this place of business or to go to this particular uh, place of education and learning or a church or wherever they are. This is their custom. This is what they do. And this is what nations are comprised of. It's comprised of people and customs of those people. Now, when I talk to you about healing the nations, I want you to know that it is a metaphoric term the Bible uses. And it is the same type of metaphor as what we might say when we say reaching the lost or saving souls or winning souls. The Bible talks about winning souls. When we talk about, about binding up the brokenhearted, when we talk about delivering the captive, setting at liberty them that are bruised, all of these are different nuanced ways of saying the same thing. And we're saying it when we say healing the nations. And what are we saying? We're talking about people. Tree of Life Church, we are here for the salvation of people. We are here for the deliverance of people. Now, we thank God for how he ministers to each and every one of us. How many are thankful that when you walk into this house, you receive something from the Lord? May it always be so. May it always be so that anybody and everybody who walks through these doors, they can know for a fact that they're going to receive a wind of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. May it always be true that when someone walks through these doors, they're going to hear a sound word from heaven. May it always be true that the doctrine will be sound, that the, that the prayers of the saints will be lifted up, that the love will be palpable, that people will feel welcomed when they walk in through these doors. They live in a world where they are unwelcomed. They live in a world where it's, a, it's the, the, the survival of the fittest. They live in a world where it's every man for himself. It's a wild, wild west out there, ladies and gentlemen. But when you walk in through these doors, 
I want people to feel the, I want them to feel the warm embrace of their heavenly father. I want them to be like that prodigal son when they walk in, that the father sees them from a ways off and he runs to them and he falls upon their neck. God forbid that the elder brother reach the prodigal son before the father does. We've got to exhibit the love of the father. We've got to be consumed by the love of the Father. We have to love people the way the Father loves them and the way He has loved us. It's about people. It's about people. It's not enough for us just to come in here and be blessed. We have to be about people. Are we touching people? Are we ministering to people? Are we lifting up people? Are we blessing people? I want you to know that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It is about people. It's about small people of a small age, those that have been here just for a few weeks, months, years, those that have been here for many decades and are now elderly and aged. It's about people, everyone in between. It doesn't matter where they come from. This is about people. It doesn't matter what they have done or the mistakes they have made. We are here for people people. It doesn't matter how broken their circumstances. And I will tell you that there are people that walk in and the circumstances are so broken. The circumstances are so difficult and challenged and they don't know what to do. And in total honesty, we don't always know what to do in terms of just saying, point A, B, C, and D, but I will tell you there are certain principles that are timeless and that have proven through the years, hallelujah, and throughout the ages and eternity itself to be true and steadfast. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I may not be able to tell you, and we may not be able to tell somebody exactly what they need to do in a practical sense every single time. But I'll tell you what never fails. When you gather together and call on the name of the Lord, there is a light that shines from heaven, a light that is above the brightness of the sun. There is an illumination of the Spirit that comes into our soul and begins to give us direction. His Word is opened to us, and there is healing that comes. There is healing that comes. There is healing that comes. We just received word today, the oak cupboard. God bless you, Sister Jess Williams. The oak cupboard is reaching people right now. Five families from this church and others that are being blessed by the oak cupboard. Thank God this is a ministry that helps people in need, families in need, single mothers in need. Right now, while we're having church here, on the west side of the city, Kingdom Sober Living, headed up by Brother Jamie and Sister Jan Jenny Diley, are having a New Year's Eve celebration with a gathering of people that are worshiping the Lord together and lifting up his holy name while we're here. 40 minutes away, they're having a move of God at the exact same time. Why? Because it's about people. It's about reaching the lost. It's about healing the nations. 
Hallelujah. This is why we celebrate every good thing that happens in the kingdom of God. This is why we rejoice with the angels of heaven over one sinner that repents. One person that walks into this house and says, I have made up my mind. I'm done with the world. I'm done with sin. I'm done trying to do it on my own. We rejoice with the angels of heaven because we know what awaits them when they make that decision. And we will declare it from the rooftops and we will tell it on the mountain, and we will tell it in the valley low. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I've got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. The promise is unto you, and the promise is unto your children, and the promise is unto all them who people all them who are you talking about the nations the nations the nations all them that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call it's about people we want to see those who are addicted be delivered in Jesus name this is a place where people can struggle. They can come into this house and they can struggle. We want them here. If they're struggling with something, we want them here. Now, this is a culture of strength, and this is a place where we value victory, and we're going to get the victory. But if you don't got the victory yet, don't let that stop you from being here. Keep on keeping on until God gives you the victory. Until you understand the work of Jesus Christ at Calvary's cross. Until you understand the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Until you understand the power of the Holy Ghost and fire. We want you here so you can learn of him. He said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Learn of me, he said. Learn of me. That's what we want you to do here. We want you to learn of Jesus because the more you learn of Jesus, he's going to start healing things in you. He's going to start healing broken emotions. He's going to start healing broken relationships. He's going to begin to heal the nations. It's everything we do. It's everything we do. You have to understand that the nations, the nations are not just these continents and they're not just represented by lines on these continents. And if we had some of the cities that were represented by this, by this map. Uh, you, might, you might see some that are big letters. Big letters, uh, you know, you, you'd be able to spot uh, words like Tokyo. Or you might be able to spot words like Paris. You might be able to spot words like Mexico City or Cape Town. You, you could spot those big words. You don't know why? Because the more people there are, the bigger the word is on the map. Because it's about people. It's all about people. Everything God came to do, he came to do it for people. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And then when he, when he destroyed the earth with water the first time in Noah's ark, he kept eight people alive. And the commission became the same. He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Because it's about people. This same commission is what he tells us to do. Preach the gospel to every creature. I want people in my kingdom. But it's not, it's not, 
it's not just about these maps. It's about people. The people are the nations. The people are the nations. And we have to see them as nations. This is why the Lord said to, to Rebecca when she was carrying Jacob and Esau, he said, there are two nations in your womb. I know you think they're babies, but they're nations. I know you think they're just two small, little, insignificant, embryonic, fetus babies, but they're nations. God knows who they are. God ordained them from the time he began to form them in the belly. He knew them and ordained them for his glory. They are nations. If I, were to, if I were to take you on this map to that little strip of land that makes a lot of news, both today and in this Bible we read, a little nation called Israel. If I were to ask you, what is Israel? You'd say it's a nation in the Middle East, a democratic nation, a democracy in the Middle East. But, but long before Israel was a nation, Israel was one man. Because every person is a nation. And every person has in them the capacity to multiply. Every person, Israel was one man, and then Israel became 12 men, and then Israel became 12 tribes, and then Israel became a nation. That's how it happens, and that's how it works. I'm not preaching to just a congregation tonight. I'm preaching to nations, multiple nations. And as the gospel of Jesus Christ gets into you, it's going to multiply in you, and it's going to multiply from you. And we won't even know the end result until years from now and only eternity will tell where all the word of God goes I want you to know that every word of encouragement you give is healing nations I want you to know that every Bible study brother Colbert that you teach and we got to help brother Colbert teach Bible studies we've got how many going to commit to a Bible study in 2024 you want to know why? Because every Bible study we teach is healing nations. Every time we lay hands on somebody and pray for them in this altar, we're helping to heal the nations. Every time we help somebody through the oak cupboard, we're helping to heal nations. Every time we have a service at Arbol de Vida and we declare the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Spanish language, we are helping to heal the nations. Every time we stand behind this pulpit and declare the gospel in the English language, we're helping to heal the nations. Sunday school teachers, keep teaching Sunday school. Keep blessing those children with the word of God. Sometimes it may feel a little bit tedious and monotonous. It may feel like you're not getting very far along because it's week after week after week after week and it's one child after another and once you do it for a little while and move them into the next age, there's another age group and, and it can be challenging but don't let your good good work go in vain. Be not weary in well doing. Be not weary in well doing and let somebody come up under the load with our children's ministry leaders and workers. Somebody come up under the load and say, I'm here for the healing of the nations. These aren't just children. They're nations. These aren't just attendees. They're nations. These are not customers. These are nations. And God has sent us. God has sent us to heal the nations. He did it through the, he did it as the tree of life. And let me, let me help you understand what happens here? It's we're the tree of life church. And, and so we're rooted and grounded in love. 
that's the roots of the tree of life are the love of God. His love for us, which becomes our love for one another, which becomes our love for him. That's what we're rooted and grounded in. That's why we talk so much about it, because we're pouring water on those roots. We talk about the love of God incessantly, not because we're into greasy grace and sloppy agape. And lovey, lovey, lovey. That's not what it's about. It's about understanding he loves me. He lo when he didn't have to love me, he loves me. When he knows everything about me, he loves me. He knows stuff about me I don't even know about myself, but he loves me. And then we begin to love one another. And you talk about dynamic revival. When a Holy Ghost love gets on us for one another, it is an unstoppable church that begins to love one another. And when that turns into a love for him, that's where obedience comes in. That's where holiness comes in. That's where we are obedient to the commandments of God. This is our roots. We are rooted and grounded in the love of God. And it makes us strong like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Our leaf will not wither and whatsoever we do shall prosper. And not only are we a big trunk that is stable and strong, but branches come forth from us. We have branches coming forth from us even right now that are extending into other parts of this world as we speak. These are branches from the tree of life church. And there is fruit that comes the fruit of the Spirit, where the antioxidants of the Spirit exist and give us power over the works of the flesh and give us the ability to overcome the works of the enemy, the fruit of the Spirit. And let's go through it again. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, Temperance, these need to be in us and abounding that we can be fruitful and multiply. These are the qualities that cause the church to multiply. But the Bible says it was the leaves that were for the healing of the nations. The fruit yields every month there's new fruit. Every month the tree of life has fruit. We have fruit for every season. There's no season where we will not be exhibiting fruit, regardless of what we're going through. Doesn't matter what we're going through. Doesn't matter the season. We've got fruit. You know Jesus cursed the fig tree? You know why he cursed the fig tree? Because it did not have fruit. You want to know why it did not have fruit? Because the time of figs was not yet. That's a pretty good reason not to have fruit. Jesus said, it's not a good enough reason not to have fruit. It doesn't matter what season we're in, we have to be loving people. It doesn't matter what season we're in, we have to be peaceable people. We have to be joyful people, gentle people, good people, temperate people. People who can suffer long. We don't say things like, I just can't take it anymore. No, we don't say that because we have long suffering. You say, well, Pastor Urshan, I'm only human. No, you're not. You have the Holy Ghost. You're not only human. You're human with the Holy Ghost. 
And I want you to know that when the Holy Ghost came on you, it brought power. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. That's why the Holy Ghost gives us power. Where? In Judea and in Samaria, in Jerusalem, under the uttermost parts of the earth. Take it to the nation. You shall be witnesses. What do you mean witnesses? The witness means somebody who saw it. Somebody who knows. We've got to be witnesses unto him. You've got to know that you know. Hallelujah. You've got to tell somebody what you know. I like what Brother Terry Shock said. He said, if you know it, you owe it. I know my Redeemer lives. There's something... Mm, I'm a witness. I'm a witness that he heals and that he sets free and that he delivers. Sister Heidi and I were driving into church one day and we got to looking around. People were converging in on the building and we started looking at around at all the people who used to be dead. Like physically. Their hearts stopped beating. They stopped breathing. The doctors were throwing up their hands in despair and in was saying there was no hope. But God raised them up and they're walking into the church seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I was there when it happened. I saw it. God is great. God is good. I'm going to tell somebody I'm a witness. Woo, hallelujah. We're a witness of the mighty power of God healing the nations, healing the nations. But it's the leaves. You know why it's the leaves? Because the leaves are what are exposed. They are the things that are exposed to the sun. And that sun will shine upon those leaves. And when the sun hits that leaf, there is a process, a miraculous process called photosynthesis that occurs. We don't even know how to explain it. It just happens. And the leaf will absorb the sunlight. And it is the leaf's exposure to the sunshine that will begin to feed the rest of that tree. The roots are strengthened by the leaves' exposure to the sunshine. The trunk is strengthened by the leaves' exposure to the sunshine. The branch is strengthened by the leaves' exposure to the sun. Hallelujah. The fruit is made possible when the leaves are exposed to the sunshine. Here's what I'm trying to tell you, tree of life. Everything God wants to do through us depends on our exposure to his presence. If you're not praying, it's going to complicate what God's trying to do. If you're not worshiping, it's going to complicate what God is trying to do. If you're not giving, it's going to complicate what God is trying to do. If you're not loving one another, it's going to complicate what the Lord is trying to do. It's the leaves exposure 
to the miracle working power and presence of God. I'm going to tell you, you give us a handful of people who will spend time in prayer and we can charge the gates of hell. You give us two or three that are gathered in his name and that's all we need. But I'm going to tell you, if one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight, then guess what happens when you and I and everybody else in this room gather together arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder with an eye for what God wants to do. There is no stopping us. There is no telling what God can do through the tree of life when we are exposed to his presence. Hallelujah. That's why we want you worshiping. That's why we want you praising God. You say, well, Pastor, are you just trying to hype us up? No, I wouldn't say that, but he's not too far off. I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm just trying to get you in his presence. I'm trying to get you where the glory comes out. I'm trying to get you to step in to where the Holy Ghost hits you like fire, like fire. It needs to be like fire. If it's not like fire, something's wrong. The Holy Ghost is like water. It's like wind. It's like fire. God is using the most powerful elements he has created to analogize and the Holy Ghost to us and help us understand what it is he has given us. He said it's like fire. I'm going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. It shall be in you a well of living water Spring up! Oh, spring up, oh well! Spring up! It's like wind! It's like wind! And I don't mean one of those little small, smooth, little balmy breezes. It's mighty and it's rushing! It is a mighty rushing wind. This Holy Ghost is powerful. Hallelujah. We don't just, we don't just sit here and, and expect it to fall. We jump up and we give God praise for it. Our hands need to be clapping. Our feet need to be stomping. Our voices need to be lifted in praise. You say, I'm tired. I am too. But our hands need to be clapping. And our feet need to be stomping. And our hands, our arms need to be waiting. Why? I want the fire. I want the wind. I want the water. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. Glory. My God. My God. Every time I feel a little undignified, I try to be dignified. That's why I tied my tie. Probably should tighten it up. That's why I tied my tie before I came in here tonight. I'm trying to be dignified and sophisticated. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, Oh, yes, that's something that happened. Ah, I can't explain it, but I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Ah, yalla, la, mo, shata. 
dancing in your feet. It'll put clapping in your hands. It'll put a song in your soul. What are you, what's, what's happening right now? We're exposing ourselves to the presence of God. So we want that sunshine of his presence to be so absorbed by these leaves that the roots are strengthened and we love each other more than we did when we first walked in and we love him more than we did when we first walked in and we feel loved more by him we perceive his love a little better the roots are being strengthened. These are atmospheres where people are called the mission fields. These are atmospheres where the Holy Ghost will move on somebody and they'll say, I want to give a sacrificial love offering to missions worldwide. I want to give a sacrificial. What's happening? The leaves are exposed to the sunshine of his presence and his power. And it's strengthening the tree of life. It's the leaves. It rises and falls on the leaves of the tree of life. Oh God, oh God, help us. Is there an elder in the house of God who remembers when the fire did fall? Is there an elder in the house of God? Don't let us forget it, elders. Hey, Tree of Life Church, listen to me right now. Hear what I'm telling you. The Bible said, let the elders weep between the porch and the altar. It is the elders' job. Every time we enter into the porch and make our way to the altar, we need to pass by a weeping elder who will weep and tell us, don't forget the glory of his presence. Don't get so newfangled. Don't get so caught up in modern equipment. Don't get so caught up in contemporary fashion that you forget the glory of his presence. Elders, the Bible tells us to let you weep. You need to weep. We need you to weep. We want you to weep. We want you to have a burden for our generation. You weep and weep out loud. Let us know. It's not quite like I remember it. We need to hear that because we need a fresh fire for this hour, for this generation. Holy Ghost fire. I promise you, we will not take it personal. We won't. We won't take it personal, but we will take it serious, and we will make it a matter of prayer. Lord, help us. Help us to see your face, fresh and new, glorious and great. It is that that will strengthen the tree of life, and we will be able to branch out further than we've ever branched before. And we will produce more beautiful fruit than we've ever produced before. And our roots will be so strong that no wind of doctrine can shake us. That's what happens when the leaves are exposed to his presence. It heals the nations. It heals the nations. Here's healing. Jesus says to this man that was born blind, he said, he said, why was he blind? For his sin or his parents, neither. He said, he was, 
He was made for this moment. The glory of God is about to be manifest. He spit in the ground. He, this is what he said. He said, I am in the world and I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, see, what he was saying was connected to what he was about to do. I am, that's God's name, I am. I am in the world. What are you looking at when you're looking at Jesus? You're looking at I am in the world. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at Jehovah God. You're looking at Elohim, El Yon, El Shaddai. I am in the world. When he had thus spoken, he spit into the ground. Such a mysterious miracle he works here. But it is so symbolic, that spit that came from his mouth, just as words did in creation, just as the word did when it was made flesh. That spit comes out of his mouth and it falls to the dust of the ground. And he reaches his hand into that, that spit mixed with dust, dirt, and he makes clay of the spittle. It was this combination, the spit mixed with the dirt. It, it was reflecting the incarnation of God in Christ. And that, that combination, when you put that on the eyes of the blind, they're going to see. They're going to see. You hear what I'm telling you, Tree of Life Church? I'm going to tell you what we have that will make the blind see. The message of the mighty God in Christ. The message that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. For in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power. I am that great I am. It is the message of his oneness when we will continue to stand on it and preach it and put it into the eyes of the blind, what heals the nations? When they see. Why do we show love? So they can see. Why are we peacemakers? So they can see. Notice the hands-on way that Jesus performed the miracle. With his hands, he, he got involved tangibly. He put his hand to the miracle, and God, that's how he works. He saw the, the man that was deaf and dumb, unable to hear and unable to speak. You know why our generation cannot speak the truth? Because they do not hear the truth. But when God opens up their tongue and ears, it'll happen at the same time. The Bible said again, he got involved with his hands. He put his fingers in his ears. And he touched his tongue and he spit again. These are strange ways of doing miracles. But they're symbolic. These are the miracles that God is going to do in this generation. He's going to open their eyes. He's going to open their ears. And he's going to open their mouth. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he's going to do it with his hands, and he's going to do it with his fingers. The hand of God. That's the work of God. The hand of God is the work of God. The finger of God is the word of God written. That's how he wrote the Ten Commandments. He wrote them with his finger. 
That's how he wrote judgment upon Belshazzar's house. He wrote it with his finger. That's even what he wrote with when he found the woman caught in the act of adultery. He stooped down and wrote with his finger. The finger is the written word of God and the hand is the work of God. And I'm going to tell you how we're going to heal these nations. It's going to be with the word and the work. We can't just do work without word, and we can't just do word without work. It's going to be whatever we do, in word or in deed. We've got to do it all in the name of Jesus. This is how we're going to heal the nations. Tree of Life Church, I'm coming to a close. I'm coming to a close, but hear me. Tree of Life Church, listen. When the word goes forth... Give it a hearty and resounding amen. Amen. The promises of God in him are yea and amen. Don't you hesitate while the preaching is going forth. Every time you hear something you agree with, amen. Say it, preacher. Preach on. Hallelujah. Say it again. Hallelujah. That's right. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Whoever's in the pulpit, preach on. Preach. Preach now. Say it. Give it an amen. We want word. We need word in this hour. We need word in this hour. And we need the work of God in this hour. Somebody lift your hands if you believe it. Lift up your hands if you believe it. Lift up your voice if you believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, how in the world am I going to be effective in the kingdom? I'll tell you how. The word of faith. Well, how do I get the word of faith? It's nigh thee, even in thy mouth. It's in your mouth right now. The word of faith. It's time to open up our mouths and speak the word of faith. I said it's time to open up our mouths and speak the word of faith. Unto a faithless generation. Hallelujah. Oh, I, I'm done preaching. You can, you can stand with us right now. You can stand with us. I'm all, I'm all done. I'm not going to complain about the state of our world. No, I'm going to pray and preach and uplift and encourage. I'm going to preach against sin. And I'm going to preach for righteousness. We're going to preach Jesus and him crucified. Hallelujah. 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 And we're going to heal these nations. I said we're going to heal these nations. And we're going to see, we're going to see, we're going to see the lame walk. And we're going to see the deaf to hear. And we're going to see those who are steeped in false teaching come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord of hosts. I need some believers to do just that. I need you to believe with me. Could you lift up your hands right now in this house, all across this building, lift up your hands unto the Lord. Because God's going to put an anointing upon each and every one of us to heal nations. To heal nations. To heal nations. 
You say, I don't, I've never been, I've never been outside the United States of America. That's perfectly fine because you got nations sitting in this room next to you. You've got nations you interact with every day at work. We had one precious lady who came to the Tree of Life Church years ago. Sister Buller taught her a Bible study. She received the Holy Ghost, was baptized in Jesus' name. She was in medical school in Kenya. She left, was here for just about a month. A medical school in, at Xavier for a little program, but she lived in Kenya. She was here for a month. That's all we needed. That's all we needed. Holy Ghost, have your way. Lord, I pray for our children in 2024. I pray for our young people in 2024. I pray for our youth workers and for our children's ministry workers. I pray for our men who are at men's prayer. I pray for our ladies that are at ladies' prayer. I pray, God, for every department head. I pray for every teacher of the Word of God. I pray for every Bible study teacher. I pray for every administrator. I pray for everybody involved in any process work here at Tree of Life Church. God, let a holy, refreshing come. Let us see how that all things we do work together for the good. See how that everything, every musician that plays skillfully before the Lord, every singer that harmonizes and lifts their voice in joyful song, God, let them be encouraged right now. That everything we do is to heal nations. It's to heal nations. It's to heal nations. Hallelujah. Brother J.T. Pugh, Brother J.T. Pugh, man of God, responsible for the uh, countless numbers of churches that were started in North America. There was one general conference where he marched back and forth across the platform weeping and pleading with preachers to go to the East Coast. Who will go to the East Coast and reach the lost in the East Coast? The Godair went to Durham. Brother Huntley went to Raleigh. Brother Elms went to Charlotte. Brother Davis went to New York City. Brother Stanford went to Boston. Brother Forbush went to Richmond. On and on it goes. Brother Andrus went to Milford, Delaware. So many, so many, so many accepted the call. There's no way to calculate what God did just from one service of pleading with people to go and reach the world. But Brother C.G. Weeks was preaching a revival in a little town in Louisiana back in the 30s. It was a miserable little revival. It was, he said it was just awful. They preached six weeks long and nothing happened. They had one little kid get the Holy Ghost. And that was it. Six weeks long, they set up that tent. They, they, people ran them out of town, throwing tomatoes at them and Brother Weeks said we had nothing good happen. We had that one little kid get the Holy Ghost, and that was it. That's all that happened on six weeks' worth of work and preaching and praying and fasting. He folded up his tent, left town, and thought, Lord, have mercy. I'm glad I got out of there alive. Years later at a general conference, a young preacher approached him and said, Brother Weeks? Brother Weeks said, yes. How can I help you, young man? He said, I, I just wanted to shake your hand. He said, uh, do you remember that little revival you preached in Louisiana? He said, oh, man, do I ever. It was probably one of my lower moments. 
I left feeling pretty devastated by it. We, I think we had one little kid get the Holy Ghost, and that was it for six weeks. That young preacher said, yeah, that little kid was me. I was that little kid. He said, son, what's your name? He said, my name is J.T. Pugh. I don't know who drove the stakes for those tents that Brother Weeks preached in, but thank you for doing that. I don't know, I don't know who built the platform with hammer and nails, but thank you for doing that. I don't know who played the accordion in that revival, but I really appreciate you leaving work early to get there in order to do that. I just appreciate it. Because nations have been healed. Nations have been healed. People's lives have been changed. Tree of Life Church, you're the best people in the world. You're the most precious people in the world. Thank you for every work you do for God and every work you do for each other and every work you do for the lost. None of it, not one little bit of it is in vain. All of it is for the glory of God and all of it heals the nations. Hallelujah. I believe there's a fresh burden coming on us in 2024. A fresh vision. We're going to take communion here in a moment. But before we do, I do want to make this altar available if you want to come. We're going to sing a little bit. We're going to pray a little bit. Listen, the world's going to be partying all night long. we we got a few minutes here. I don't know what devil got in your ear and told you that you're not making a difference, but he's a liar. I don't know what accuser of the brethren has come to you and taunted you and tormented you and made you feel like you don't matter, but that devil is a liar. Everything you do in the kingdom of God is so important and it matters. Thank you for making sure this microphone works. Thank you for making sure this is being live streamed. Thank you for coming early and making sure this sound is able to permeate the atmosphere. Thank you singers for coming early to practice and sing skillfully before the Lord. Thank you. I don't know how many nations are gonna be healed, but I know that we're healing the nations right now.
Praise. 
The Holy Ghost is moving in this house right now. Come on, lift up a praise all across this house. Lift up a praise all across this house. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. For the Lord is good. He does wonders among his people. He does wonders among his people. If you're praying, you're welcome to continue to pray. If you have your communion cup with you, you're welcome to stay in the front and receive communion here. If you need to go back to your seat to retrieve it, this would be a good time to do that. We'll invite you to stand with us at this time. God is so good to us. His presence is so precious. The Bible tells us, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. We're going to pray a prayer of self-examination. I believe many of us have done that already tonight. But I'm going to ask our executive pastor, Pastor Sizemore, to come, and he's going to lead us in a prayer of self-examination. God bless you, Brother Sizemore. Thank you. The word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, and it only took him a couple of verses for him to write the words Thus saith the Lord, consider yourself. Search yourself. David said, search me, O God. Paul said, judge yourself. Tonight, I don't want to gloss over this moment, but we're going to take a moment tonight and we're going to search our hearts. 
we're going to ask the Lord to forgive us. David said, I, I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity, and we all were. We all need a Savior. We are sinners. Our natural state is that of sin. But Jesus Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to bow your head with me right now, and I want you to begin to reflect and take inventory tonight of where you are in your life. And I want us to pray together, and if there be any sin in you, I want you to ask the Lord to remove it from you tonight, to take it away. God, search our hearts and know our thoughts. God, and if you find any wicked thing in us, God, cast it out, take it away. God, I pray that you would have mercy upon us according to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, God. Purge me from mine iniquities. God, create in me a clean heart because I'm not capable of a clean heart in and of myself. I need you to create one within me. God, you have not called for the, for, the, for the sacrifices and you have not called for the things that I can give up. But God, that which you have required of me, God, is a broken spirit and contrite heart. And you said to this, you would draw nigh. God, let us examine ourselves in this moment. God, forgive us of our sin and our trespass. Forgive us, God, for the, for the thoughts that we've had that were evil, God, for the intentions, God, that we've had, for the motives that we have had that were not pure. God, the things we know about, but the things that we don't know about, God, forgive us. God, let us be pure, let us be right, let us be holy. God, let us be made more like you. Let us stand in the light of your, glory, of your glorious grace. Let us be found worthy, God, of your body and of your blood. Oh, God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace that while I was even a yet sinner, you loved me. You died for me, and I receive it by faith tonight. I receive it by faith tonight. Forgive us, oh, God. Make us pure. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, we ask. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Jesus. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. At this time, we will receive together the bread that symbolizes the body of Christ that was broken for us. And in like manner, we will receive the cup that represents the blood that was shed for our sins.
can we give God thanks tonight? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, how we thank you. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> In this holy atmosphere of remembrance of our Lord and Savior, could we lift up our hands together as the body of Christ and thank Him for His mercy, for His sufficient grace for his loving kindness, for his patience, for the life that he lived and the death that he died and the victory that he has over the grave, for the outpouring of his spirit and for his daily walk with us, his overshadowing of our lives. Could we thank him for it right now? Ah, lift up a praise unto him who is worthy. Hallelujah. I want you to think about every time he kept you in 2023 and thank him for it right now. Every time he wouldn't let you go in 2023 and thank him for it right now. Every time he withheld his wrath. Every time he showed precious mercy.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and thank him in your way right now. Go ahead and thank him in your way. <laughs> you know what I like to do sometimes? I like to give God thanks for the people that are coming in that we haven't met yet. Man, I'm going to tell you, you ought to hear them preach. You ought to hear them sing. They're anointed. You ought to see their talent God has given them. You ought to see the way they love God and love people. I've never met them. I don't know them. But, man, I can feel it in the Holy Ghost. Woo. You ought to see their prayer life. Man, it's a powerful prayer life. You ought to see the way they intercede for people in this congregation. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Some of the most precious saints we'll ever know haven't even repented yet, but they're coming. <laughs> Let's give him praise for it. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, we are the family of Jesus Christ. There are many that would love to be here and we're not able to be here tonight. And there are many who are elsewhere that are not a part of this congregation but are in the church of the living God, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in his precious name. We're the family of Jesus Christ. And we love him and we love one another and we're starting a new year in Jesus. We're going to have a great year, amen, in the name of the Lord. And we're going to start it with consecration. You'll be receiving more information, 24 for 24. Find somebody and greet them in the name of the Lord and tell them happy new year. Tell them you love them and appreciate them in Jesus' name. And we've got somebody to be baptized in Jesus' name. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.